Hello, and welcome back to Truth of Our Youth, the ultimate Zenio podcast. Today, we're going back to 1993 to discuss one of the most iconic baseball movies of our youth, The Sandlot. So brush up on your Babe Ruth nicknames and don't get pickled by the beast or you'll be considered an L7 weenie. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Truth of Our Youth, the Ultimate Zenial Podcast. Thank you, Marty, for that wonderful intro and greeting. How are you this evening? I am wonderful, Steve, and yourself? I am finer day, you know, whenever people are listening to this. It is currently a Wednesday night on the East Coast here. This is kind of when we're doing it tonight. So good timing. I just got back from, from Little League with Jacob. I'm ready to dive into this. The Sandlot, one of my favorite movies of all time. Baseball, fireworks animals uh eating everything (laughs) yeah so eating is a vital part of the of uh the sandlot movie there is one scene there's a there's a hidden eating scene that makes me laugh and i will uh and i'll mention that later. yeah make sure you elaborate on that but yeah we'll start out with the basic premise of the movie which is you know a kid moves to a new town he doesn't have any friends um he's kind of a nerd um and his mother is trying to make sure he's getting out, making some friends, because right now he's just nerding it up in the room with his erector set. So easy. Eventually, he stumbles upon this group of kids playing baseball. And there are eight of them. And he, of course, would make nine, which makes a complete baseball team. So he tries to kind of wander into this group, hoping that he'll get accepted when a ball comes his way and we find out just how much of a dork Scotty Smalls really is. Because when he goes to throw the ball back, um, he stands backwards and throws it about six feet and the rest of the group just loses it. Um, So he eventually is befriended by Benny or the leader of the gang or the group, whatever you want to call them. And Benny takes some extra time to magically teach him all the skills of baseball just by hitting him a fly ball directly into his glove and telling him throw a baseball like you would throw a paper. Yeah, Benny yeah, Benny is some sort of uh Miyagi of baseball. So yeah, I don't know how he's able to do that so quickly, but you know, some kind of Jedi Miyagi thing going on and good for him. But yeah, what what kid hasn't had to go to a new school, move to a new town and try their best to assimilate and, and infiltrate a group of already established friends. Now, that's hard enough, but now you're also, you know, putting your lack of athletic prowess on display. That is a horribly <laughs> humiliating thing. So immediately, I mean, you're rooting for I mean, He's a nice, sweet kid anyway, seemingly, um, you know, and they play the whole, you know, dad died and got the stepdad and it's Dennis right. Leary and he's super yeah. nice and calm. And that's not, that's very odd. Yeah, he's super nice and calm, but he's still a dick like Dennis Leary always is. Well, yeah. Are you or Dennis Leary? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, you know, it's the most difficult thing to do as a kid, you know, regardless of your confidence or self-esteem. So, you know, most people would be lucky to have a, a Benny in their life that, you know, kind of kind of sees through that and is, you know, forgiving and sweet and sensitive. And that's a, that's a nice thing early on in the movie. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the kid gives him a baseball mm-hmm. glove when his plastic one breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives him a new hat because he's got that god-awful fishing hat, and Benny tells him to you know throw it in the fireplace. Um, but we skipped over one thing. Yeah, we talked about Dennis Leary being the dad, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but mom is from another iconic movie now, you can't say trilogy, but it should be a trilogy. Indiana Jones, she's Marion. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So there is there is no uh, uh, shot drinking contest in Sandlot. I think that was that was cut out. That's in the director's cut on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's behind the scenes. And right. Dennis Leary, you know, he is obviously very enthralled with his work. He can't find time to spend with with Scott Scotty. Um, and eventually, you know, mom kind of prods him and says, Hey, can you, can you take a minute, teach the kid how to throw? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he immediately gets hit in the eye with the ball and in the most 1950s method of all time, Dennis Leary slaps a stake on his face, mm-hmm. which I've never seen happen in real life, but it is something that happens in movies a lot right. to keep the swelling down and you'll have a black eye, but at least it won't be swollen. Right. Yep, exactly. And that was the, the worst noise I've ever heard, too, when that thing busts through the plastic glove and hits him in the it's eye. Just, I'm sounding like well, a scud, scud missile. It was terrible. I mean, he deserved it. And I always, always like Dennis Leary's line, well, at least you caught it. Like the ultimate, right. the ultimate move. At least you caught it. Right. So you know, positive spin. So we get introduced to this, this group of, of misfits, whatever you want to call them, rejects. They all seem to have... Uh, something that's setting them apart from the mainstream friend groups, so, you know, ragtag group that's met up along the way and they all have this common love for, for baseball. And you get introduced to each person. You've got Timmy and Tommy who are constantly repeating themselves. Uh, De Nunez, who's the pitcher. Squints. You've got Ham, Bertram, and I feel like, oh, and yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Benny, when he's trying to get the group to accept Scotty, is pointing out, you know, all their flaws or, or whatever. And, and, you know, he says, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, you run like a duck. Right. And then, of course, he's like, well, I'm part of the team. And that's kind of what the point that Benny's trying to get across to, to them is, hey, yeah, at one point you weren't a part of the team either, but let's give this kid a chance like yeah. we gave you a chance. Well, it's a perfect example of how – cruel kids can be because their brains aren't fully developed yet and you see someone doing something stupid and foolish and you just crush them for it but benny like you said in his infinite wisdom is able to kind of turn the tables on them but the one good thing to come out of that scene squints is such a mouthy little bastard and he's he's funny and he's quick and i love it squints is you know probably my favorite character in the movie well and another thing when when he teaches scotty how to catch you know does put the glove up in the air and I'll take care of the rest. And so he hits this ball directly into the kid's glove. He automatically knows how to catch everything from that point on. Right. And squints in particular takes off his glasses, rubs them. And he's like, yeah, he's okay. I'm like he caught, he caught one pop-up and now he's like, okay. Then, you okay. know, that was a, let's play very, ball. Uh, quick, quick way to get their attention. Just catching, catching a ball. Right. Right. I mean, it's funny. He, He's not like the nutso hormonal mouthy, you know, teenager like the rest of these boys are. He's wearing, you know, I forget what they were, but some sort of like character pajamas and he's got his toys in his room and stuffed animals and he hasn't quite made that leap to uh to being one of the cool kids. And, you know, that's probably another reason why Benny, you know, wanted to look after him and wanted to kind of take him under his wing a little bit, help him make that leap. 
and become a man. But also, too, before we go any further, the soundtrack of this movie is awesome. It wasn't our era, but no, it it really is. And you know, it, it's a lot of like the Drifters and Wipeout is in there, and the Ray Charles, um, the Ray Charles. Mer- uh, America song. Which which song am I talking about? God bless America. No, it's not America the Beautiful. I think it, the, I, th- I yeah. think it was. But yeah, but the music is is simple, carefree, fun. It's like the boys. Yeah, and and they're all having a good time. And yeah, they're they're the the soundtrack is perfectly synced up with all the different situations that they find them themselves in. Um, but then you know we get to the point where the they're always struggling with baseballs, right? They can. They're a poor group of kids. They're trying to get this game together. Benny keeps hitting home runs and losing the baseballs. And right. Ham hits one too, right? He he calls his shot, kinda, and um, you know hits one out. And that is when we have our first encounter with the beast, right? God, when they're all smacking Ham with the gloves, and he's just smack talking the entire way around. He is a professional s talker, low and outside, just like I like it. <laughs> Yeah, no, the kid's great. And I would love to say that as a child, I identified more with Benny because I was the best. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, I identified more with Ham because I was (laughs) freckled and I was good, but also people wouldn't look at you and and think you were decent at anything. (laughs) Right. And also, too, how, how can you play baseball in jeans? I remember being seeing this in the theater going, well, that looks wildly inefficient. Well, and, and yeah, I, I agree with you. But at the same time, if anything is going to protect you from the dirt when you're sliding, it's denim. <laughs> right. And it breathes so well. Oh, yeah. It's a very breathable fabric. Right. For sure. So, um, you know, as we go through, they go through a couple different um, situations. Uh, first one being the trip to the pool. It's It's super hot out and the only thing Benny will tolerate other than being at the sandlot is being at the pool. Sure. So we wind up at the pool with all the kids. They're all having a blast, but Squints has his eye on somebody. Mm-hmm. Steve, who's he got his eye on? That would be a lifeguard, Wendy Peppercorn, who probably didn't even, is she even certified? D- does it matter? Probably not. She's probably making, you know, 26 grand a year which back then was probably like 112 to just sit there and <laughs> and lotioning and lo- and just just sit there and be beautiful like we pay you to do at shows but yeah that pool scene is, is hilarious to me because i grew up in parkville just uh you know it's in baltimore basically baltimore city um the mean streets and i belong to hillcrest pool and there was always a group of rowdy unsupervised maniac children that would bust out of the locker room, throw their clothes in the air like they're on Rumspringer and <laughs> jump into the pool, elbows flying everywhere, screaming, uh, calling people CSers. I mean, it's, it's a whole, and it's very much what this, what this scene reminded me of. Well, I've never been happier to have a four foot above ground pool. Cause I was upscale uh, <laughs> back in the day, you right. know? So I had the, Hey, we can't afford uh, an in-ground pool, but we can get a pretty sweet above-ground pool. Sure, it's so that saved me from some of those interactions with the children that you had. Right. Um. So you know, hashtag blessed, right? Right. And uh, so Squints finally he he's fed up. He's watching Wendy every summer lotioning, and he's he just can't take it anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So he decides that he's going to 
jump in the pool, sink to the bottom, takes off his glasses, you know, takes sure. off his glasses first, right. um, jumps in the pool, sinks to the bottom. Wendy has to dive in and save him, pulls him out. He's laying there. The rest of the group is freaking out. They think he's dead. Mm-hmm. She's giving him mouth to mouth. And mm-hmm. then Squints looks at the group, smiles, and he puts the moves on this magic moment, right? Another great Perfect. example of the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I did read somewhere that the only direction they gave him in that scene mm-hmm. was keep your tongue in your mouth. Oh my God. Yeah. That's funny. And then afterwards <clears throat> you kind of get a precursor to something you hear about later in the movie, but he's looking at her through the fence and she's kind of gives him that wry smile and waves to him. And he's ecstatic that she's even acknowledging his existence. Yeah. Women like a take charge, man. They do. And that's the age old tale of fake your own death and get the girl. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is who hasn't done that. Yeah. I don't know. I did it. Yeah. I did it last week. Right. Um, Didn't work out that well. No. So anyway, so what's next here? I mean, we have baseball is, is, is the great American pastime, right? Baseball, apple pie, uh, uh, General Schwarzkopf. I don't know. I'm just saying things now. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know. But the, the fireworks and they, they, uh, Benny runs by Scotty's house and he's like, oh, night game, night game. Night and game, they yeah. play and they play under the fireworks. But <laughs> hearkening back to what I was saying before, the funniest part as Ham is running through the like the like the block party, right? And he oh, has to yeah. stop and grab like an armful of hot dogs on the way, which is exactly, you know, that's exactly what I would have done. Absolutely. And I, you know, I hate to question the validity of fireworks providing enough light to play a baseball game. Right. But that seemed a little far fetched. And that it was another depends on how many fireworks. Well, I mean, if you watch the movie, it is the grand finale the entire time. Sure. And that's when you got Ray Charles talking about the America. Well, this is the Valley. People have money there. They save up all year for the fireworks show for the boys. Dude, they couldn't even afford 98 cents for a baseball. Well, the boys couldn't. That's because their parents have all the money. They, they, They got that firework money. By the way, 98 cents. How much does a baseball cost now? I know you have to get them for Jacob. Probably like four bucks, five bucks for like a, yeah. For just like a toss around, like little league ball. Ah, baseball, yeah, yeah. I think it's the major the league, league baseballs are something absurd, like twenty dollars. Yeah, that yeah, seems and a little. It, yeah, and then if you, much. you know, then you write an Orioles name on it. And now they're seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. Orioles are a half game out. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we can get to that. But yeah, so we get to you know they're playing the fireworks, and, and the message behind that is that. Benny, no matter what's going on around him, he's concentrating on baseball. And these other kids get distracted, but all he wants to do is play baseball. And one of the strange things from that scene is he hits the ball and it travels into the outfield. That's when everybody gets distracted. But Benny's just – he's doing a home run trot, man. He's acting like he hit that ball out of the park. And I'm just like, well, if somebody decides to pick that up, man, you're, you're not making it. Yeah, absolutely. And that boy has tunnel vision. That's the sign of a of a future pro. Absolutely. Yeah, good for him. I mean, you know, Jacob, he laces one to left and then you know, a, a, a car beeps three blocks away and then and he's spinning around in circles. It's just, you know, he, you know, he'll he'll get it. <laughs> Benny was a little older. But uh but yeah, so that that scene is awesome. You feel you feel patriotic, you feel proud to be an American. You start thinking about your friends when you were little. You start thinking about little league and baseball and you know, speaking of little league, there's a little encounter here a little bit later. I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll take a quick break and then we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, 
don't know, have some more fun. Talking baby. Be right back. Hi, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Thank you for listening to Truth of Our Youth, the ultimate Zenial podcast. We hope that you're enjoying the show, and we hope that you will go to wherever you like to listen to podcasts and look for Truth of Our Youth. Make sure you give us a rating, hit the subscribe button, find us on Facebook, suggest topics and things that we can talk about in the future. If you want to be on the show, let us know. We'll find some time to fit you. Thanks, preppies. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Again, we are talking Sandlot, and who doesn't love a good carnival or state fair, Marty? Yeah, and the catalyst at this state fair is Bertram comes with the chewing tobacco. Yeah. Big Chief. The best. Right. So all the kids, um, you know, they, they all take a big handful and they cho- shove it in and they want to be like the pros. And they're all eating corn dogs and all kinds of stuff, cotton candy, because you're at a carnival and they get on a machine called the Scrambler. Right. Which is the best thing. Uh, when you've had a ton of different uh, food items for the evening. So as the scramblers going around, they all start to get sick and they just throw up everywhere. Which is a scene that I watched probably one time. I've probably seen the movie 50 times and I always skipped it. I don't need, it was like in, when you're in the cafeteria and you see another kid throwing up. You know what <laughs> Are I mean? Are you one of those? No, yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, no, but I felt like I was going to be, but there were kids like that. And then the janitor trudges in with his Raleigh fingers mustache and throws sawdust all over the puke. And you can smell it while you're eating your Lunchable. It's that's what that scene reminds me of. And I just cannot <laughs> mess with it. I have to skip it. I don't have the constitution for it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you couldn't take it. It's one of the you know funnier scenes in the, in the movie. Bodily but... fluids are not funny. Sometimes they're fun, <laughs> but they're generally not funny. Yeah, they're, they're generally not, uh, but I can understand that. But still, you know, they come out of that and they go, and after that day, we swore off the hard stuff for good. <laughs> um, so I guess they go back to bubblegum. Right. Which brings us to um, the other little leaguers showing up randomly. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So they come pulling in. Uh, they're already in uniform. Uh, I hope there's, I would have hoped they had said something about they're coming from practice or they're going to practice, but they show that these are the these are the rich kids. They've got bicycles. The rest of them have just you know tennis shoes. Yeah, those tool bags. They look like they wore their uniforms everywhere, and they're wearing. It's middle of summer. They have the like jackets on. Like the oh yeah, man, jackets. Like oh, oh yeah, they're doing it. Doing? They're yeah, going they're, for it. Yeah, they're really yeah. Li- living the gimmick. For sure. And then you know, obviously, uh, these kids are very complimentary of Benny, but only Benny. Right. Um. So it seems like they really want him on their team, but, you know, Benny's loyal to the Sandlot group. And then lead kid, I don't think they even give him a name. Right. But him and Ham get into it, and they're going back and forth with, like, butt sniffer and fart smeller and crap mouth or, you know, all this different childish insults. But then Ham has the mic drop moment when he says, you play ball like a girl. Oh, and it was instant knock the wind out of the kid. I mean, this is, oh, you know, blown this away. Is, yeah, this is back in the day. So things like that, you know, things that you can't say now, like that doesn't seem very offensive, but you can't really say that now. But yeah, that, 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 that crushed him. Yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, the other kids were looking at him like, oh man, you're going to take that. Right. You're going to take that. Oh, knife him. Uh, 
But anyway, um, they decide they can take him on right now. Then, of course, the rich kids are like, we play on a real field. We'll see you tomorrow. Right. So then they you know, go to the montage of them beating the crap out of these, these kids um, in their nice stadium in those same uniforms the next day. I mean, they may have a week's worth of them. The way oh, they, yeah. And wearing. Ham is just – he's just talking crap. Oh, he the talks the so entire much crap time. as catcher. Yeah. Is that your sister out there? In left field, naked. <laughs> She's naked. Shut up, Porter. <laughs> if I had a dog as ugly as you, I'd shave his ass and teach him to walk backwards. Right. Yeah, he's 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 buying some strikeouts there. And right. I, I noticed the other day I was watching it. Um, one of the pitches that this kid swings at, he basically swings his bat like a tomahawk. Right. And then um, you know, the ball's blowing away. So they were pretty much game instruction. Make sure you don't hit this. Right. Yeah. They were in his head. Absolutely. Well, and then the other thing I always remember from that scene is squints calling his shot, but he just points all around the entire field. Yeah. Well then you have plausible deniability. You're like, well, I, I hit it where I said I was going to, it could, could be anywhere. Yeah. I, I said I would hit it fair and I did it. Right. Um, but then we come to the ultimate interaction with, the beast so benny they get a new ball he hits it he knocks the cover off of it and the ball goes out uh out of the park and benny's bent because you know he wants to keep playing and the other kids are just like man probably only two three guys have hit the guts out of a ball i've never seen it happen um but you know he's disappointed and then scotty mentions that he has a ball so let's go get it yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, I know he wants to impress his friends, and I know he wants to keep playing baseball, but you've you've got to know that Dennis Leary will choke you. Oh, like, yeah. You can't, you can't. You he know, always he, looks like he has uh, an ice pick, no matter what role it is. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I'm not, you know, you're, regardless of whether or not you know the game, you're going to go in there and steal that man's stuff. It's like, that's, that's just a bad idea. So Scotty goes and he steals the his stepfather's prized possession this babe ruth autographed baseball and he brings it out to play the great bambino right so yeah earlier in the movie they set the precedent that scotty has no idea who babe ruth is which you have to literally be dead to the world not to know at any age especially at that point who babe ruth was right so just some more stuff about scotty not knowing what's going on with baseball but he's the one his first whatever you want to call it, Sandlot home run is the Babe Ruth baseball and he puts it out and into the junkyard. And so when he tells them that this is signed by Babe Ruth, all the kids flip out and finally Ham says, the great Bambino. Right. And he goes, oh my God, it's the same guy? Right. Baby Ruth. (laughs) Right. So... They, um, you know, now they have to get this ball back. They've always been afraid to go over the fence. Um, you know, that they've never made that trip. They've lost, you know, probably a hundred baseballs over that fence because of this, because of this dog. Right. And, you know, we got the story from the dog at the, you know, of the dog and and its owner at the, uh, at the sleepover in the treehouse and the, and the s'mores and you're killing me uh, smalls. But I like how squints, his relative looks exactly like squints with the mustache and the glasses <laughs> yeah. it's just a neat like little like extra thing yeah and then of course it. the iconic line how long do i need to keep him chained up 
forever. Forever. Yep. So, yeah, this dog is, he's quite a dog apparently, but Mm -hmm. they have to figure out a way to get this baseball back. So now you get into that one of those things that's appealing to you uh, as a child, it's, it's them trying different gadgets and plans to figure this thing out. Um, and at one point I know they send, yeah, yeah, over uh, just on a pulley. Right. <laughs> He's being held up by a, a catcher's chest right. pad and they lower him down and he drops it because the dog's in his face. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, this portion of the movie, it went from, you know, uh, 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 a baseball movie to now all of, all of a sudden it's a very little rascals vibe. Yep. Okay. With the hilarity and the different inventions and the one-liners and the the tomfoolery, and so that's why it's almost like two separate movies, which was appealing right. to me as a kid. It totally changed the vibe, and uh, you got to see a little more uh, playful and adventurous side of these boys. Yeah, and uh, you know they try the second method, which I think is the the vacuum, and the vacuum starts to clog and reverse pressure, and it explodes. Uh, in the treehouse, and they're all diving like it's a, a nuclear bomb going off. Right. And uh, Timmy or Tommy, I never know which one's which. He comes out and shakes all the dust from the vacuum cleaner off his head. Right. It's like, we've been going about this all wrong. I blame myself. Yeah. And then Scotty, you know, he comes in with the nerd logic and he says, We're going to use my erector set. And God damn, this kid is pretty sharp with an erector set. Yeah, and how many um, pieces does he have? He's got like $3,200 worth of erector set. It's unbelievable. Well, he, he had a precedent for not going outside. That's so, true. you know, he didn't have a whole lot else going on. Plus, yeah. Bill had to get in good with him somehow. Sure. Um, stepdad had him probably bought him all kinds of erector sets. Oh, so, <laughs> you are just euphemizing all over the place. Sorry. So, um, you know, Scotty's invention is this little erector set catapult and squints is looking through the the hole in the fence to kind of guide him towards the ball and they clamp the ball down and the beast finally comes out and they launch it and the ball's coming to him right it's mm-hmm. going launching over the fence and it's 50 feet high right uh in that scene and benny's getting ready to catch it and the dog out of nowhere snatches it he right. robs that home run uh and then destroys the erector set i mean obliterates it oh yeah so this is the strongest dog in history right so yep so then you know so now i mean let's just skip right to it i mean benny has the vision you know and and he's gonna take matters into his own hands and he's gonna lace up the pf flyers he's gonna hop the fence and he's gonna attempt to pickle the beast okay the man gets the ball back the fence falls down. The beast is unleashed, yep. chasing them all through the valley. Uh, cakes are getting destroyed, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's quite a scene. And he probably ran, I don't know, a 5K, it seemed. I mean, I'm sitting there on my couch as a child. I'm out of breath watching him do this. Well, hey, man, you know, that's how he gets the nickname, Benny the Jet. And so, yeah, he's, he's running all through town. And, and now this beast that we've been seeing the entire movie, which was this huge puppet dog made out to look like this monstrous thing. It's just, you know, it's a full-size dog chasing him around. Right. Um, so like Steve mentioned, they're running through the, um, the picnic area or whatever it is, the fair. And uh, there's these two guys carrying a cake because that's what always happens in a good chase scene. It has to be a cake or a plate glass window. Or a piano uh, falling or 
It's yeah, a very I mean, acme sort of thing to do. Absolutely. But um, one of the scenes is the dog jumps over the cake in slow motion. I think right. he's jumping over something in slow motion. And mm-hmm. man, I, I really felt it was unnecessary to leave the huge dog ball sack in that scene. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, and it's amazing. He could run as fast as he could. Well, he's an aggressive dog. So I guess if you spay or neuter your pets, it's it's going to have a hindrance yeah, on I mean, you. Just, you know. He's, he's running around and he's pretty fast. I mean, that's why I'm so slow. You know what I mean? I got a, you know, got a lot going on there. So, yeah. So, and then they, they get back to the sandlot, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, yeah, and, because they're chasing them all around and the kids are trying to follow the two of them. Right. And Benny comes running by and he goes, sandlot, sandlot, sandlot. Right. And they go, sandlot, this way, shortcut. I'm like, right. why didn't he take the shortcut? Right. But anyway, um, so they get back. They beat him there because, you know, shortcut. And he comes and jumps back over the fence and the beast is right behind him and the fence falls over and traps him. Right. So now they're all still terrified of this dog, but Scotty's like, Hey, it's a hurt dog. You know, he's a member of PETA. He's got to fix this. Right. And him and Benny, Benny being the, you know, amazing saint that he is, it helps him lift the fence off and then all is good with right. Hercules. Yeah. And I, and I like that scene because it, it, as much as dogs have instincts, kids have instincts too. And there's this big, terrible, scary dog. But then when it's helpless and it's hurt, you know, you have to kind of, it changes your perspective on things. And, uh, and kids are very intuitive like that. And I thought that was kind of a, kind of a, a, a neat trick for the movie or a neat touch rather, you know, and then, you know, they, they finally knock on the door, which is what squints suggested all along. Mm-hmm. No, and, that was uh, Scotty. Scotty suggested that. He said, like, why don't you just knock on the door? I thought that was Squints because remember they were, he's like, uh, he said, why don't you just knock on the door? And everybody called him stupid. And then they're all like beating him and pushing him around. Well, I, okay. I remember it differently. I'll have to research it. Okay. That was in the uh, director's cut with the, uh, with the shot contest. Right. <laughs> gotcha. So um, no, they, it was Ham that said it's a stupid idea completely. And they all just all start beating him. Yeah. So, and then who answers the door? It's Darth the Vader. Man. Yeah, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. And that you funny, making all that racket? Why don't you just knock on the door? I'd have got it for you. Yep. Yep. So, and then, you know, and talking about instincts and sensing things, I mean, he he feels the ball and touches it, and he senses that, you know, that Scotty's in trouble. He invites yep. him and Benny in, and they're immediately blown away yep. by the the baseball memorabilia and pictures and and autograph balls and games and it's it's if you're a baseball fan this guy's house or dining room or living room whatever it was 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 mecca it was the quite and as a child i mean we we collected baseball cards and we played little league and we watched games and everything that was i wanted to be in that room with him you know yeah, and a couple of things there. So he, you know, says the ball signed by Babe Ruth, and he said, George signed this, indicating a personal relationship with, right. you know, Babe Ruth. And they show him the picture of, of him uh, with Babe Ruth, and he talks about, you know, he's blind when they meet him. And he talks about taking a high pitch to the head, and the lights went out. Uh, but he offers Scotty in exchange for this ball, the ball autographed by the entire 1927 Yankees. But getting back to your point about the mecca of sports memorabilia, how did he set this up so well? It's pretty well, impressive. And he's just pointing around. He's like, look at all this stuff. I keep going back to it. Instincts yeah. and intuition. And, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you get used to the lay of the land. And, and, you know, for all I know, maybe he lived there as, as a major leaguer. And it was already all set up Could you know, be. before the lights went out. You know, you just, 
you just don't know. But, you know, he trades him the ball. And it's got, you know, uh, murderers row, all the, all the autographs of the 1927 yep. Yankees on it. And the payment is they have to come back, talk baseball with him once a week. Um, yep. You know, and then the scene at the end of the movie, which kind of a baseball brings things together and brings things full circle. He presents the ball to Bill. He gets grounded for a week, which is pretty yep. light considering all the property damage and the lying and the, the ruined cakes. And, uh, you know, he starts calling him dad consistently. I was going to let you off with a day or two, but that cake, it's right. a week. Yeah, and, then, and they're playing catch. And, yeah. you know, kind of the thing that stuck with me, you know, I know we got to kind of wrap up here pretty soon, but the thing that stuck with me is at the end of the movie when they're going kid by kid and the right. kid, the kids just sort of, you know, kind of disappear and move on with, the, you know, a little bit of reasoning. But that's how it was, you know, for, for us as kids. You're, you're with these yep. people all the time. They grow with you. You think you're going to be with them forever. They know everything about you. You know everything about them. And then poof, they're gone. And yep. you just never see them again. And so it was very, it kind of, you know, hit home, so to speak, because that's, that's what we experienced. Well, yeah. And then the fact that, you know, a couple of them, I mean, I know I still have friends from, from childhood that I still talk to. And it seemed that, you know, that connection that Benny uh, and Scotty had, you know, all of a sudden Scotty's an announcer for the Dodgers and Benny's playing on the Dodgers. Right. And uh, he comes in to pinch run and he's towards the end of his career. And, you know, he steals home as the ultimate end of a baseball movie. Um, so it was, it was a really cool thing to see. And apparently Benny's older brother actually plays Benny um, in that scene. So oh, that's pretty it's cool. actually his older brother. Nice. Um, and, you know, they give him the thumbs up. He obviously, celebrating with his team but he's got to give the thumbs up to scotty up in the broadcast booth right in his um, uh in his bass hat with that oh yeah he, i guess he didn't burn it did he no i guess not you but know, he's, he's got, got the, the right yeah he's got the babe ruth ball he's got the murderer's row ball he's got pictures of uh you know from back in the day at the sandlot with all these kids we've just you know gone through this adventure with right yeah and uh you know and now squints and wendy peppercorn they gave you know birth collectively to a baseball team good for them <laughs> yeah they had nine kids right so it sounds like um you know that's kind of the synopsis of the movie and we will talk to you next week and we will announce that topic midway through this week so guys make sure you're sharing this with friends make sure you're clicking the subscribe button uh we need your help we want to make this successful we want to have it grow uh and we look forward to hearing and interacting with you guys remember heroes get remembered but legends never die. Thanks for hanging, everyone. I'm Steve Wozniak. That's Marty Vidic. We will catch you guys next week. Later, skaters. <laughs> <laughs>